welcome to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. You can find me and our team in our cyber home. It is rickthomas.net. If you have any questions whatsoever for us, please go there and ask those questions, and that would be just wonderful. We would love to help you however we can help you. If you have something quick that you need, like technical difficulty or need direction within our home, you can go to our live chat feature. It's, there's a little bubble in the bottom right of every page of the website. If you click on that person's head or click on that bubble, whichever, however it appears to you, uh, we will be able to respond to you and give you direction. We can't give you counseling or give you advice there. That is not our forum, but we can get you to our forum and help you with any technical issues that you may have. I want to talk about a common issue that we all have with social media. Social media has been part of our lives for well over a decade now, especially since the um, invention or the creation of the iPhone, and now mobile devices are ubiquitous and Social media platforms have come along so that they can be on these little mini computers that everybody has, and now everybody in the world virtually has a microphone. Everybody can talk. It used to be back in the old days that if you wanted to talk, you had to write a letter to your editor, to your newspaper. It was really hard to have a voice for the little people. But now all of the little people, me and you, we have a voice. And of course, with that comes a responsibility. I will say this later on in the podcast, but I want to put it at the top of the podcast right now that I have failed in my responsibility in stewarding this redemptive opportunity on occasion where I have said things that I wish I hadn't have said. And if you go back into my archives, you can uh, you can find those things and I'm not, uh, it's not something that I am encouraged about, something that I want to brag about, not at all. It's something that I'm quite ashamed of, but yet it has happened to me, and I know that that temptation is there for others as well, and so I want to talk about it in this podcast. I have a very long article here on our website, like the rest of our articles as far as that goes. It is 2,000 words, and you can read everything that I'm going to share with you if you want to. The title of the article and the podcast is called Creating a Critical Free Community on Facebook. I'm saying Facebook, but you could substitute Facebook with your favorite social media platform, Creating a critical free community on Facebook or on social media. I do have a like slash dislike relationship with Facebook. On the positive side, I see Facebook as a great opportunity to stay in touch with family members and friends, especially those who live across the country or around the world. Facebook is also good, though not perfect, means for carrying the gospel to people that you could not possibly reach otherwise. Our ministry has long made use of the redemptive use of technology. 
using technology redemptively for God's good, for his fame, for the benefit of his body, for the evangelizing of those who do not know him. And the reason for that is, is because there is an echo of omnipresence in technology. What I mean is, is that you can wrap the globe with gospel encouragement while never leaving your home For the last half dozen years or so, we have been doing that virtually every day. Our resources go into every country in the world. We have reached millions of people with the practical message of Jesus Christ, and it is a phenomenal thing. Technology has given us one of the most powerful tools we have ever known for making the gospel accessible and understandable for so many people. Then again... Sin, always crouching at the door, it could stain any good thing. And so I want to talk about that aspect of social media in this podcast. But first, I want to say thank you to a few people, just a handful of people who, are, who have recently become supporters of our ministry. These are the people, and the reason that I mention their names is because these are the people that actually allow us, permit us, humanly speaking, to go around the world every day because they are the backbone of our ministry. They underwrite it. Loretta, a recent member, is supporting us at $5 every month. Mary also is a recurring monthly member at $5 a month. Julie is supporting us as well at $5 per month. Thank you, Julie. And then Justin is supporting us at $50 recurring every year. Michelle recently became a supporter at $10 every month. And then David is supporting us as well at $5 a month recurring. And then Karen, she updated her credit card today. Thank you so much, Karen, at $10 a month. I am grateful for you, Karen, David, Michelle, Justin, Julie, Mary, and Loretta. I want you to know these people. I want you to hear their names and just as quickly as you need to, just thank God for them and the other folks who underwrite our ministry. One of the things that they're helping us do, in addition to reaching people globally, is we are building a new home. We're building a cyber home, a new cyber home. We are that big box store in cyberspace, and we have outgrown our our current facility. And so we need to build a new facility. And so we're building one in cyberspace. It is happening right now. Hopefully within six months, our new facility, our, our cyber home, our sanctification center, our Christian warehouse where all these resources are that are accessible by anyone who has the ability to get on the internet, well, we're building that, and these folks are helping us do that. If you would like to support us, I would encourage you, I would I would appeal to you as strongly as I can, please do that, and that would be fantastic. We need your support. We're not doing a fundraiser. Uh, we're just asking God to bring the people uh, that enjoy our resources and would like to see it perpetuate and would like to see us uh, enjoy uh, or like to see us in a more fuller way uh, express that that omnipresence 
of te- the echo of omnipresence in technology as we continue to wrap God's world and reach millions more lives because of your support. And so in this podcast, thank you, by the way, for listening for my little promo and my gratitude for our supporters. But in this podcast and the article on our website, Creating a Critical Free Community on Facebook or Creating One on whatever your social media platform is. And so there is a lot of good in social media, and that is why I said I have a like-slash-dislike relationship with it. And on the dislike side, as you, as I said earlier, sin can stain any good thing. And Facebook is not impervious to sin's encroachments. Its ubiquitous use by so many Christians requires God-centered stewardship, which is our call to be in an example by putting Christ on display to the world. And again, that, that is still stunning to me to think about how many people we can possibly reach. When we started this ministry in 2008, I had no idea. I was just writing a few articles for a few counselees. That is all I was doing. Had no idea what God had in mind. Facebook, in a virtual way, what any live community setting is, is where hundreds and even thousands of people congregate. Thinking of Facebook like any other communal context where diverse people groups gather helps me to think responsibly about how I use and also how I permit others to use our platform. A few years ago, I put an opinion blurb on my Facebook Facebook page about a tertiary matter It was not that big of a deal to me, but a tongue-in-cheek opinion about a communication quirk, let's say, that I have observed in our culture, and so I just put it out there. I thought it was a little bit witty, and it's something, it's it's one of my little pet peeves that maybe nobody else has. Now, initially, there were a few likes and comments that understood the intent behind the post. Several of these commenters were just as tongue-in-cheek as I was. As the day rolled along and the blurb continued to spread across Facebook, the comments began to take a turn, even to the point where one lady said that I needed to repent of sin as she began to unpack the motivations of my heart, which is a curious thing to be able to do in cyberspace with someone that you uh, haven't met that, that is not in front of you. And so it was at that point that I deleted the post and all the comments attached to it. All in all, I spent nearly three hours responding to comments. I then waited a long while before writing this article about that event that happened many years ago because I wanted the post and the comments to become a a faint background in our collective memories. Because my goal here is not to draw attention to the critical commenters. That's not my goal at all. But to highlight something that is far more significant to me, which is how Christians engage each other in public settings. Now let me say once again, let me offer my apology I am not writing this article as though I have figured out all the contours of public discourse or as though I'm above the fray. No, not at all. My temptations and yours are similar. I have made many mistakes on social media and sadly, again, no boast here, but 
I will make more. I'm pretty sure of it. There are some things that quite honestly get under my skin or infuriate me, and it takes a certain amount of self-control that I blow sometimes because some things can be so infuriating. And so, of course, the key idea behind this article is, is I need help in how I use social media and my thinking is, because all of my articles are personal devotions, these are my devotions, not yours, but my thinking is, is that perhaps a few others need help too. As of this podcast that I'm doing right now, there are over 12,000 people who have liked our Facebook business page, some of whom do not know the Lord. I want you to hear that statement loudly. There are a lot of people who come to us who do not know our Jesus, and I think that is fantastic. I've shared this before, but I remember one time a gay guy coming to us, and he read our website material. He knows my position on homosexuality, but he said, I think I can talk to you. And what he meant was, I'm not going to get blasted. Uh, because of my opinion or my lifestyle, but I can engage you in civil conversation to people who disagree with each other, but he was looking for help. And so that is important to me, especially those who come to us who don't know the Lord. And this 12,000 plus people, this numerical blessing, it is humbling and sobering while motivating in that I want to think about how I steward this opportunity the Lord has provided. The way I think about my Facebook page is like a large auditorium where as many as 12,000 people gather. They're always moving in, always moving out of the building. What a fantastic thing the Lord has done. Now imagine being part of a large group of people where someone in the group stood and rebuked, criticized, or went off on someone in the room, even the speaker at the podium. Further imagine if a thousand of those people were not followers of Christ, but were curious about our Christian faith. Imagine if there were some young folks in the Lord, young in the Lord, not they haven't been saved that long, and they come to our page hoping to learn the ropes of Christianity. Imagine if they see our page as a refuge because of Christian shenanigans have burned them in their past. I have all of these things that come to our Facebook page. Those who do not know Jesus and they're curious about the Christian faith. Those who are young in the Lord, hoping to learn the ropes of Christianity. And those who have been burned so many times are just looking for a safe place where somebody won't jack them up. All of these things are possibilities on Facebook, the largest multicultural community in the world. It is for these reasons that I have deleted in the past and even blocked some individuals from our page who are angry, critical, or combative in our public space. Just last week or a few days ago, I guess it was, someone on another social media platform cursed me I don't understand. Our Facebook page is not like some organizations who are more interested in drawing people into their system, even though they are ill-equipped to take care of those they already have. I hope that each person who is a part of our community wants to be part of our community. 
and they are served well by our community. This worldview that I'm speaking of here is why I treat each person on our social media platforms with respect, which means I want to provide care and insight, direction, help. Social media platforms should not be opportunities to run up the numbers, but a place for caring for people, which means it's not a place for people to be mean, unkind, critical, divisive, angry. It is more important to me to care for the people who are on our social media platforms than to give space and time to people who have no qualms about arguing in a public setting. I want you to hear this. It doesn't bother me when folks disagree with me, and I do mean that. It would be foolish and immature to think that every person who reads my content will wholeheartedly agree with it. It would be arrogant and delusional to think everyone should, should agree with me. Disagreement is not the issue that I have in view here. Not at all. How we disagree with each other in a public setting is what is in sight. Though through the years, a few people have sent me messages about things they disagree with me over or something they have a question about regarding a Facebook post. These people respect me and our medium, which is evidenced by how they approach a topic in which they struggled. Similar to any kind of public setting, if you disagree with the speaker of the meeting, like on Sunday morning in your church meeting, the humblest and wisest thing to do is approach the speaker privately about your query, whether rather than standing in the middle of the community to make your points, especially if your question or statement is argumentative, time-consuming, or takes the group off subject. We do have those hijack, hijackers who map their experience over what they are reading, and thus they cannot, cannot read what they uh, are looking at objectively, and then they end, end up hijacking the post. But when you disagree, Matthew 18, 15 through 17, it provides a template that you can loosely follow I'm aware it's for the church, but it's a reasonable protocol on how to talk about differences with another person. If you disagree with the person, please disagree. But first, speak to them in a more private setting whether, rather than standing in a public meeting to rebuke or critique the person. If there is no sin involved... As you're disagreeing with them, the thing that you're disagreeing over, but just a difference of opinion, you can share your perspective on your platform. Rather than hijacking someone's space and time to put forth your opinion on preferential matters, some marketers say that it's a good thing to have argumentation and controversy on Facebook because it generates more traffic with the expectation you will have more conversions, more sales, not conversions, spiritually speaking. And that idea, that tidbit, that principle is true. It's how talking heads on sports shows make a living. They're always trolling the sports sphere to see what tidbit of non-essential information they can exploit for the sake of ratings. I am not interested in a platform that condones and perpetuates argumentation for the sake of high volume and more sales. I'm interested in shepherding the few visitors that do come to our space with a hope that they will be encouraged and served through our ministry. Having a loving, encouraging, and critical free space is more important to me than stirring up controversy for the sake of sales.
God will sustain our ministry if he wants to. And I will not sell my soul to sensationalism because there are so few Facebook pages like mine. And I do understand that. I'm not saying we're unique, but there are far less pages like ours, meaning non-argumentative pages, that some people wrongly assume they can blow in, blow up, and blow out, and it's okay. Well, guess what? It's not okay. I call these people drive-by shooters. I refuse to allow any of my pages that we operate on our, our social media platforms to be a non-edifying community where cynical and sarcastic Christians can come to spew their frustration all over those who come here for encouragement and care. To be critical-free does not mean lockstepping or always saluting the flag of the leader. And so I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. There's a way to communicate. I commend you and appeal to you to disagree when you need to disagree, but we're going to be a critical, fr- critical free community. But that doesn't imply lockstepping. It doesn't mean saluting the flag. It merely means that our community will practice Paul's appeal in Ephesians 4, 29 through 32, about no corrupting talk in your mouth, but only such as building up fits the occasion, etc., etc., let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all my malice, be kind to one another, and so forth. That's what we want our community to be, especially when we're talking about how our words are to build up each other. Now, with all these things in mind, I want to share with you seven tips on how to love God and love others more than yourself while in our community. Number one. If you disagree with anyone on our page, do not use our page to share your disagreement. Contact them privately first. Now, if the person that you disagree with is me or someone on our team, well, then what you will have to do is you will have to come to our website to share your concern because I do not run our Facebook page and I will not talk to you there I have a ministry to run, which consumes more time than what I have, which prohibits me from engaging people on Facebook or any other social media platform. We do have somewhat of a large ministry, and it does keep me busy. If I'm not spending my time in our school helping our students, I'm helping people who come to our forums who ask questions, or I'm building resources like what I'm doing here with this article and this podcast and doing so many other administrative things that the last thing in the world that I need to be doing is on social media answering questions from uh, anybody that's asking them or disagree. And so if you do disagree, you can contact us. And we've said this many times on Facebook over and over again. But I'm also aware that New people come to us, and they don't understand our vibe, and so we have to repeat it from time to time. And so seven tips on how to love God and others more than yourself while in our social media community. One, if you disagree with anyone on our page, do not share your disagreement there. Number two, contact them privately first. Number three, assume you have the log in your eye and the other person has the speck in his or her eye. 
Number four, begin your disagreement by asking questions before you start making statements. Gain clarity. You're not omniscient. It is so much wiser to ask questions, assuming that you might be wrong, rather than blowing in and making statements. Number five, always maintain a healthy self-suspicion. Remember, you, in this case, I'm talking to because it applies to me as well. You have a Hummer log hanging out of your eye socket. The humble heart assumes he is missing something. He operates from the assumption, from that assumption, until it's proven otherwise. Number six, if you are proven correct, hold your rightness loosely. If you think you know something, you don't know what you should know according to Paul in 1 Corinthians 8. And then finally, number seven, always be aware that there could be 12,000 onlookers at any given time on our social media Facebook page, and some of them may not know your Jesus. Think like an evangelist when you disagree in a public setting. Now, I realize Facebook can be a combative place. I can't do anything about what other people do on other pages, but I can do something about what happens on our page, and so can you. Now that you know what we do not permit in our public space and how to disagree with others who are part of our Facebook page, I want to share two things that I would love for you to embrace and perpetuate. Number one is encouragement, and number two is humor. Encouragement is a big deal because this is one of the primary means that Paul taught us to employ to help others change. Paul said that it was the kindness of God that leads to repentance, and yes, it is, and you can emulate that. Facebook is a beautiful place to drop words of encouragement in the hearts of others. And then humor Humor works similarly to encouragement in that it is soul medicine. In my multi-decade Christian experience, one of the things that I have observed is that too many of us who name the name of Christ as our Savior are not happy people. Many of us are downright miserable, which is part of the reason why Facebook is such a combative community. This reality is why humor is a significant element in how we do ministry. One of my all-time favorite quotes about humor comes from Terry Linval's book on C.S. Lewis. These words that I'm going to share with you is also the quote that I read at my almost 99-year-old grandmother's funeral. She was one of the laughingest, happiest, jovial Christians that I've ever met. Just thinking about her brings a smile across my face. And after you put her in the context of the Great Depression, because she was born like in 1906, and you put her in the context of the Great Depression when she was a teenager, it makes her humor all the more amazing. Here is the quote from Terry Linval's book, Surprised by Laughter, the comic world of C.S. Lewis. This is the quote that I read at my grandmother's funeral. Laughter is a divine gift to the human who is humble. A proud man cannot laugh because he must watch his dignity. He cannot give himself over to the rocking and rolling of his belly. But a poor and happy man laughs heartedly because he gives no serious attention to his ego. 
Only the true humble belong to this kingdom of divine laughter. Humor and humility should keep good company. Self-deprecating humor can be a healthy reminder that we are not the center of the universe, that humility is our proper posture before our fellow humans as well as before Almighty God. That was Terry Linval from his book. The two things that I would appeal to you to do on our Facebook page are encouragement and humor. The title of this podcast is Creating a Critical Free Community on Facebook or any other social media platform. Let me ask you a a couple of questions and then we'll finish this podcast. Number one, does your communication on social media edify others? Yes or no? Number two, does your communication on social media consider non-Christians that need your evangelization? Oh, that is so important. Number three, one of the characteristics of the fear of man is to rebuke in a public setting rather than a private setting. Insecure people will do this often. They'll say things publicly that they would never say to an individual privately. Therefore, may I ask, How does the fear of man factor into your Facebook communications? And then finally, number three, will you ask a close friend to give their opinion about your Facebook communication, about your Facebook page? It would be good to have someone to look at it with you, someone who had courage that won't rubber stamp you, someone with a backbone, and is also they have compassion, but they'll speak the truth with love. If you want to talk to me about this or anything else, please come to our ministry. As always, we're open for business. Thanks for listening. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.